Hello, adventurer, and welcome to How to Be a Better DM. Uh, before we get into the show, let's start with today's warm-up. Tanner, my co-host, friend, and ally. Yep. I have a warm-up for you. Again, <laughs> okay. go um, ahead. So, I want you to... This is because I just spent time today writing a new episode for the show on how to describe combat. So I want you to briefly describe combat between a schoolyard bully and his prey. I love it. Okay. So obviously I've never experienced this because I've been well-loved my entire life. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully this doesn't trigger anyone, by the way. Yeah. Um, okay. So we have our intrepid uh, bully approaching. You can tell him from a mile away. He's got his shirt tucked in nicely. You used to think bullies were slobbish. Not so with this one. He comes up behind his victim and then reaches down. What's he grabbing? Your underwear. Wedgie town. Around the clock. And then, of course, you hear a yell from his victim. The bully isn't perturbed at all. He continues pulling. People start gathering around. Some of them saying, hey, stop it. I'll give the bully a name. Derek. Stop it, Derek. And so he, of course, Derek isn't going to listen to them. He's decided to be a bully. So he continues to pull. Oh my goodness, what's that? Ripping. The underwear is ripping. And then it just completely gets destroyed. His victim falls to the ground, feeling a mix of shame and fight. He gets up, swinging his fisty cuffs all over. It's just a swarm of fists. The bully, unperturbed once again. He puts up an arm blocks one blow he grabs the other fist and then he pulls him in for a hug because i'm going to end this with a good note the bully's changed his ways and he's hugging his victim (laughs) and that's how life should be boom oh that was awesome for a second when they were uh, trading blows i i went like full dragon ball z like and then he catches the fist oh man that was funny Um, Awesome. Well, Adventurer, thank you for joining us on this auditory experience. This is How to Be a Better DM. I'm your co-host, Justin Lewis, with my other co-host, Tanner Wayland. Tanner, do you want to say hi? Uh, Hello, guys. Uh, It's it's wonderful (laughs) to see you. No, but seriously, it is wonderful to uh, be here with Justin. Always a pleasure. And I I love uh, sharing some, some of my thoughts with you listeners. Awesome. I think... Your warm-up was extremely wonderful today, and I hope you are recovering from that wedgie you gave yourself. Um, (laughs) Hey, (laughs) hey, I never said that. (laughs) Sorry, well, you said, I'm sorry, well. I'm joking, I'm joking. um, Well, today, uh, let's get into today's show. Um, And um, listener, make sure you stay tuned after the show to hear some notes from our sponsors, as well as some other announcements. But today... We wanted to talk about some Dungeon Master enemies, and, and more specifically, some of our favorite Dungeon Master enemies, kind of the adversaries that you like to to pit up against your characters. Uh, so, uh, Tanner, do you want me to start, or would you like to start? You know what? Let's have you start. Gotcha. Uh, one that I particularly like is Mind Flayers, and that's probably because... So one of the first books... I read uh, in the Forgotten Realms, which is one of the worlds that D&D takes place in, uh, which is actually one of my favorites. 
Um, one of the first book series, in fact, if not the first, was Homeland by R.A. Salvatore about Drizzt Dorn. And I'm probably not saying his name right because it's such a hard name to say right. But uh, in the book, uh, I hope I don't give any spoilers away, but in the second book, Drizzt, or Drizzt finds himself, and Drizzt is a drow elf, he finds himself a slave to mind flayers. And then I found out that you could make your players attack mind flayers or vice versa. And I thought that that is so cool. Especially one of the things that I think make kind of sets them apart is you often fight or, or, or your characters fight a lot of enemies that are magic based but mind flayers are psychic based which is something that is pretty uncommon um, I know in my campaign I recently added mind flayers in specifically because I have a barbarian who based on kind of the character he's chosen and, and the different uh, paths he's taken He's basically resistant to everything except psychic damage. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to find a way to get psychic damage on this guy. And uh, finally I have, and he does not like it. And it makes me so happy because he's actually taking damage like a normal person instead of just being resistant to basically everything. So that's my first one. Okay. Mine is, uh, it's not, it's not an exciting enemy, but I think it has a lot of potential. Um, mm -hmm. Have you ever heard of minions? Yes. Yeah, and I'm not talking yeah. about uh, about the movie. Uh, Beetle. Yep. <laughs> wow. Good on you. Um, Thanks. <laughs> but but no, like in min minions in Five E are basically kind of a catch-all term for um, like uh, in terms of their what's the word I'm saying? Uh, in terms of their mechanics, uh, they have one HP. Uh, they were kind of were introduced as this way for players to feel overpowered, right? Like you have hordes of these minions coming, and each you know each hit basically, so long as you hit it, which is very easy, you just take it one out at a time. But they're kind of swarming you, uh, so I I have mixed feelings about them, and that's why I kind of love them as a as an idea. Is first off, it gives your players a chance to feel very powerful. Um, especially, and that's sometimes useful, but on the other hand, it can be kind of a slog, you know, if it's just like, oh, your players, and essentially it's them just burning through the turns, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I had some thoughts when we were thinking about this topic. I was like, okay, how can you make in minions interesting? Um, I think when someone is alone, uh, I think that that is a wonderful <laughs> opportunity to do that, uh, just mm -hmm. to have them basically swarmed by like it could be townsfolk right i think that'd be a great right. opportunity to be like oh this is a minion you know um, yeah yeah and then have them kind of swarm this one player uh with this one player's character and then that player can kind of have to deal with the consequences of just mowing down all these townsfolk right <laughs> which is a great character point right where it's like oh my goodness yeah. this guy because yeah, i'm assuming that most often they're not just like plain evil um, right. This person, in defense or with whatever, has just mowed down all these people, and that really sucks for them in the aftermath to have to notice that, right? Um, right. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, have you had any thoughts while I've been talking? Like, how do you think that they could be less of a slog and more of a, um, a thematic element? Um, 
I feel like one with minions maybe part of them should be kind of a slog like did you ever play those kind of arcade games where like uh, the one I'm thinking of is like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where it's like you walk side to side but you can kind of go forward and back a yep. little bit mm-hmm. um, and, and you know you jump and, and, and you hit the, the ninjas and then you kill them um, I feel like that's the kind of the purpose of the minions is <clears throat> you're supposed to fight like thousands of them essentially um, I think one thing that really does helps in this narratively you you know they have one hit point you you group them together as one thing so like a horde of goblins attacks one person mm-hmm. and every damage actually kills one of the goblins maybe that's one way to uh, I guess narrate it or, or do it mechanically uh, instead of rolling initiative for like thousands of goblins instead you you know you roll initiative for one goblin and then times that by 40 or 50 or whatever it is and then have the people actually fight 40 or 50 and you know thematically instead of doing one attack when they roll damage they're you know cutting down that many goblins and things like that it's, it's essentially like lord of the rings two twin er, you know twin towers not twin towers <laughs> the two towers gosh <laughs> um and i guess all the lord of the rings movies where they're just hacking down goblins and orcs left and right you know what i mean yep yeah that, that's a great so. point uh, i think I, I think that that's a wonderful way mechanically to uh, make it a little bit smoother um mm-hmm. and also it's just it's a nice mix up versus like these stronger enemies right for sure yeah and actually that's one thing that uh, i personally took from the star wars uh, tabletop role-playing game system i know we don't talk about other games on this because this is a, a dnd 5e podcast which is something i stress so much right but uh the genesis system by fantasy flight games they generally they have kind of their enemies split up into different camps there's adversaries minions and nemesises and adversaries and nemeses are, are treated by like normal individual monsters but minions are always grouped into kind of groups of these monsters and, and they have pools of hit points and when you kind of reach a certain threshold one of the minions dies and so and so forth so that's kind of where i got that idea yeah i love that um okay do you have another one yes i do perfect uh i'll do i'll do two of them and then you can do one and then i'll do my last one okay so um kind of going on the theme of mind flayers i obviously love drow um maybe it's because i'm having them fight my people right now but i like the aspect of an intelligent enemy that definitely knows what they're doing they're very stealthy and very silent they also have a a lot of innate abilities they can levitate um, they can cast globe of darkness and they also have various elements of paralysis which i think is very cool Um, more than anything I, i like the the intelligent aspect behind it and just the cold silent kill killer mindset that comes with a drow i think that's really easy to uh, narrate in a fight scene, um, especially because they're so they're so quiet generally that they don't you know scream out or whatever, and, and you don't have to come up with like the witty banter mid thing. I think it's just really nice. Hello, this is Tanner, and I wanted to introduce you to the character I'm playing for a live play D and D campaign on the Pact and Boon podcast. His name is Wolfgang Kindstotter. He's a dampier, meaning his father was a vampire and his mother was a human. 
He was raised in a noble family of vampires that specializes in providing mercenaries for both nobles and criminals, which is where he learned his skills to become a ranger, at least when he wasn't being bullied by his half-siblings. All that changed, of course, when he got sent to the Nine Hells of Calignos, where our story begins. If you'd like to follow along with our adventures, please check out our new live play podcast, Pact and Boon, when it comes out this Friday, the 5th of April, 2024. Go to sessionzerostudios.com forward slash Pact and Boon to get more info. We are so excited to share our adventures with you. Uh, the second thing I like is Beholders. Uh, and this is mostly because they are classically Dungeons and Dragons. Like they're, you know, aside from dragons, maybe, uh, Beholders are one of the most iconic enemies in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, but I also love how they too are, are very intelligent and their eyes have so many different abilities generally that it's just really, really interesting. Um, to fight because you just never know what's going to happen when you're fighting one and uh, you might get disintegrated or you might just get slowed you know like you don't know which I think is really fun yeah I love that Um, I think it's just so iconic honestly too Uh, yeah and uh, and kind of segueing into mine uh, this is almost like the bare like basic minimum Whereas mm-hmm. minions are essentially, like when I talked about them, they're supposed to be just like mowed through by yeah. any level of character. But especially like later on where you have more area of effect uh, going on, like those are great. These other ones are, uh, so I, my initial thought was town guards, right? Because when you're early in an adventure, especially when you run into a town, essentially, especially if you have a bunch of murder hobo, uh, players, yeah. right? Then their yeah. main adversaries could be town guards. For sure. Um, and there's a lot of interesting ways you can do that, right? Like you can throw all the town guards at them. Uh, you can also have the town guards kind of threaten them with something you know, terrible. Don't just throw them at them. <laughs> but uh, something that I've actually found success with to make town guards a lot more interesting, um, and this is one of my reasons why they're like one of my favorite enemies is because you run into them in every town yeah uh, so long as you don't treat them as just throwaway you know blank faced copies of each other then then guards <laughs> can actually be super interesting uh if you've ever have you ever heard of the video game uh, shadow of mordor yes i have actually yeah. i was actually thinking about playing it the other day because my brother gave it to me oh nice yeah uh it's got this system that is very smart frustrating too but basically where uh so you're you're this uh ranger let's say um who is uh, infiltrating mordor and basically each time that he gets killed by an orc uh essentially that orc comes back stronger he the orc gets promoted gets an extra ability and so it's harder Whoa. to deal with it's it's called the nemesis system um oh that's cool yeah and and so essentially uh, what I would recommend, not necessarily the nemesis system, because you d- shouldn't have to wait for your town guard to mess someone up in order for right. them to be cool. What I would recommend is have each town guard uh, be kind of an individual, right? 
they should have their own specialties. You should make them more than just the simple template. Give them a special ability, right? And then um, if the players have a meaningful encounter, whether it's violent or just like um, just any kind of conflict at all, basically the next time that guard comes back, what should he do? He should be cooler in a certain way. Whereas before he was a lackey, oh my goodness, this time, is that a medal on his chest? And why is he? does he have two spears instead of the one that he had before, you know? It's just a, right. it's a nice way for you to enjoy the combat more, but also make even, you know, conflicts within the town, a relatively, quote-unquote, safe town, uh, can feel a lot more exciting. I like that because uh, one of the things that makes your world feel dynamic is that things change when your characters aren't around. Like if they come back after a while to a place that they've been before, things are different. That's one of the best ways to, to let your characters know like, hey, this is a real world, you know, even though it's not. But, you know, um, Sergeant so-and-so got a promotion to captain because he helped you defeat the Null attack and and you guys had a direct impact because you found him cowering in, in the hay barn and you convinced him to go out and lead the charge, you know, so it's kind of cool to, to, to let your characters, let your players see that mm-hmm. and it definitely helps with immersion, so I like that. Yep. Um, my last one is themed enemies. Um, I'm a big fan of theming your, en- uh, your enemies for the dungeon, I guess. Dungeon's kind of a catch-all term I use for like the module or the the side quest or what maybe side quest is a better way of saying it but uh, themed enemies is as a good way to uh, group your enemies together so that way they they feel cohesive a little bit but it's also a good way to pick them because sometimes you just don't know what to throw at your your players next yeah uh, there was uh, oh, were you gonna say something no 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 I, I just uh, okay. I was agreeing <laughs> <laughs> sure uh, so there was a side quest I had my guys do in the campaign where they went to this haunted mansion essentially and that was a really easy way for me to be like okay let's explore all the undead things that i can um and just kind of pick and choose which ones i thought were cool for different parts of that the mansion and and then the last you know the big boss was uh, kind of a nerfed undead beholder i i took down some of his abilities and and lowered some of the the dcs and things like that just to make him a little bit easier for the the troop that was that uh, they were lower level but anyways uh, it was just easy for me, based on the setting, to pick the enemies. And the cool thing about D&D is there's like the skeleton, which is kind of the mechanics, and then there's the skin, there's the, the beauty side, which is the, the aesthetic. You can take the skeleton, the mechanics, and then just throw whatever can of paint on. You know, the, people see this all the time in like Fortnite where you get different skins, but essentially you're the same person, you don't have any extra abilities. You can take any character and any adversary you know peel the paint off and throw on a fresh coat of paint essentially and instead of a drow you have a futuristic warrior from the future who shoots poison darts from uh like a laser gun or something you don't change the mechanics but it's the same thing but it's different you know do you love these podcast episodes but aren't always able to listen to them do you learn better reading information rather than listening to it here's what you can do Go to sessionzerostudios.com slash newsletter. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. You'll get tips and tricks sent directly to your inbox in written format that you can read and reference whenever you want. You'll get tips that we don't share on the podcast and bonus techniques that frankly no one has ever heard before. 
Again, sessionzerostudios.com slash newsletter and uh, get those free tips and techniques right to your inbox every week. Yeah, uh, I really like that too. And something just to point out from what you said, uh, you took a common template for an enemy and you tweaked it according to the situation, right? Exactly. Um, and that's that's what nice. What what is nice? Because specifically, if you if you like me find yourself starting a lot more adventures than you do like getting <laughs> to higher levels, you might be like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, this beholder is a little too tough for them. Or oh this uh, this lich I'll pr- I'll probably never run a party through this right right, uh, right feel free to just take whatever enemy any at all um, and tweak them for your needs right mm-hmm. that could be turning a super powerful enemy like uh, uh, weakening it down to where it makes sense that it's in your low leveled adventure on the other hand like I was mentioning with the guards um, or the minions you know you can always uh, take a simple enemy one that you'd expect to meet you know not in the end game crazy dungeon or whatever but (laughs) instead like in an everyday town and be like oh my goodness this captain of the guard is like beefy if my guy starts messing with the town folk like this is actually gonna be an interesting fight right 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 exactly um yeah well that's all the uh the ones that I've listed, those are some of my favorite Dungeon Master enemies. Uh, anything you'd like to add, Tanner, before we close up? No, honestly, I think that uh, enemies are great. And <laughs> and uh, aside from their mechanics, I think that you should really uh, try and flesh out their backgrounds and why they are part of the adventure and what effects they have. And then you'll have a great campaign. For sure, for sure. Uh, well, thank you, listener, adventurer, for, for listening to today's show We appreciate you and the support you give us. Make sure you leave us a rating and review so we can share this show with people who definitely need it because the hobby is there for people who need it and for people who want it. Like I said, uh, stay tuned after this for some important announcements from us as well as some of our awesome, awesome sponsors. Uh, But uh, Tanner, thanks for for joining me on today's show. Of course. Uh, Any last words for the listener, not not for you. (laughs) (laughs) Any last words. Uh, Any last words. (laughs) No, honestly, you guys are all great. Thank you again for listening. Uh, Love ya. All right. Well, listener, we will see you next time for another great show of how to be a better DM. But until then, let's roll initiative. Do you love these podcast episodes but aren't always able to listen to them? Do you learn better reading information rather than listening to it? Here's what you can do. Go to sessionzerostudios.com slash newsletter. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. You'll get tips and tricks sent directly to your inbox in written format that you can read and reference whenever you want. You'll get tips that we don't share on the podcast and bonus techniques that, frankly, no one has ever heard before. Again, sessionzerostudios.com slash newsletter and uh, get those free tips and techniques right to your inbox every week.